Some of you know I teach a regular Bible study during the school year, and I will admit to you, I tend to like to teach from the Old Testament because the Old Testament has some really excellent stories in it, like the one we heard this morning, which is like such a great school kickoff story, isn't it? Then people ask to do the New Testament, and so this year I'm teaching the Gospel of John, and I am intimidated by the Gospel of John because it's much more theology than there are stories. But in the Gospels, we occasionally get a really awesome story. And today, we got one. This story that we just heard from our Gospel lesson is one of the best. It's got to be one of the most well-known of all Gospel stories, of all Gospel images. And it kicks off with this storm that is growing on the Sea of Galilee. This amazing story is both a miracle and also provocative for what it does to us. It really pokes at us in a very fundamental and deep way. Now, we can start the story by saying, yes, Jesus walked on water. And that could be an interesting tack to take, but Jesus walked on water, yes, he did. It's a miracle, of course he can, check. So Jesus walked on water, that's good. I want to focus on how the disciples perceived of Jesus walking on water, because I think that is most helpful and applicable to us. So if we put ourselves in this story, the disciples have gone off in the boat out into the Sea of Galilee. And while they're on the boat, Jesus stayed on shore, a storm kicks up and the storm kicked up fast. And the waves are crashing over the boat and the wind is blowing the boat sideways. And the disciples are very sure that they could be capsized and drown in this storm. And just at this moment when they are so afraid, they look out in the storm and they see a person walking toward them. Can you imagine what it would have been like to see a person walking across the water? It is nuts. And then, as if it's not just a ghost, it's their teacher coming to them across the water. And when Jesus calls out to them, Peter needs to prove that it's actually Jesus. And so what does he say? Lord, if it's you, Tell me to step out of this boat. Tell me to walk towards you on the water. And Jesus simply says, come. Uh, sorry, he probably didn't do that. Um, but there is this sense where he's like, bring it, you know. And so Peter then takes a step out of the boat. Peter has this moment where he does a thing that seems completely counterintuitive. Here they are on a storm. Seconds earlier, he was pretty certain that he could drown and die and now he's lifting his leg over the side of the boat to step out onto the water. What an incredible moment. And as he steps out onto the water, the water holds. And he begins to walk toward Jesus. A massive shift has happened inside of him. The fear that he had just moments earlier is put aside because he sees Jesus. And Jesus calls to him. And Jesus calls him out onto the water and he has that courage of Christ in him to step out over the boat, to do a thing that should never be possible, and yet is possible with Jesus. And as he steps on the water and it holds, one might think that that fear would stay away for good. But right after he begins to take steps toward Jesus, it's like he remembers the storm. Because the storm didn't go away. The storm didn't stop. The storm is still raging all around them. And for a moment, he only saw Christ. And then he saw the storm again. And the storm scared him again. 
And even though he is literally standing on the water, he cannot keep the fear at bay and he begins to sink. And Jesus reaches out and pulls him up. Oh, this is good stuff. And I hope that it makes you really uncomfortable. This is one of those stories that told in a particular way could be so inspirational and beautiful and great and it's a miracle and all that stuff. But told another way, it is a direct challenge to the way that we live our lives. It is a direct challenge to the way we allow fear to control us too often. Peter is just like us. Peter is scared of the storm that is swirling around him, just as we can be scared of storms swirling around us. And Jesus calls out to Peter just like Jesus calls out to us. And Peter has a moment, a moment, where he hears the voice and the fear drops away. But even after that moment, when he does something incredible, the fear comes creeping back in and he begins to sink. What would you do in that moment? I'll tell you, I would love to say that I would step out of the boat, but I doubt it. If Jesus was literally staring at me on the other side of the boat, maybe, but that's a big ask. And I think for all of us, we understand how fear, fear can be so overwhelming that we see nothing else. Fear can be so overwhelming that even when we know for certain that we will be okay, it's easy for us to resist the promise and instead stay inside. Fear has the power to keep us from seeing the truth. Think back to a time when you were genuinely afraid. Think back to a time when you were genuinely afraid and you made the conscious choice to do the thing that scared you. Perhaps it was an opportunity at work that you decided to seize even though it was scary. Perhaps it was a medical hurdle or diagnosis that scared you at first, but you decided to face it. Perhaps it was something to do with your children growing up or loved ones in your family going off when you could not protect them anymore, but you wished them well and hoped for the best. I'm thinking of that kind of fear today as we start a new school year. Most of us understand what it's like to kind of love children as they grow, whether they're biological or not. We've all had children in our lives and we've watched them go off and do new things in new phases. And with every single phase, there is different kinds of fear. When the children are really young and in preschool, there's that fear that they'll be liked, that they'll be happy, that they will be healthy. When they get up to that kind of preteen teenage, those fears become a bit more tangible, like literally afraid for their physical safety. Then I've been seeing lots of pictures of friends who are sending their kids off to college. That kind of fear is a whole new level of fear because you don't see them every day. You can't verify that they are okay unless of course you're creepy and stalk them on your phone like so many do, which no judgment. I can remember the first day I was at college, I had moved in, unpacked most of my stuff. You know, I'd met my roommate, met the other people on my hall, and like everyone does, been invited to lots of different back-to-school parties. 
And as one who never wants to miss a party, I knew which ones I was going to go to in which sequence. And I can remember getting ready and leaving that night and walking to my car. And as I was getting into my car to go to the first party, it occurred to me that for the first time in my life, nobody knew where I was going. Nobody knew when to expect me back. And that legitimately, if I didn't come back, my roommate was not going to be concerned, at least, you know, for a couple days. <laughs> it was a moment that was actually a bit scary in a good way, but the fear was there, and yet I went. For each of us, fear shifts throughout our lives. Fear evolves and changes with each new phase of our life, but fear, nonetheless, can be so powerful that unless we have vision, unless we have faith, unless we have purpose, fear can actually paralyze us and keep us from acting. Fear can become what defines who we are and what we do. And I'm here to tell you that I do not think any one of us in this room wishes to be that way. I don't believe any one of us in this room wishes for fear to control us, to paralyze us, to define us. And so today, as we start a new school year, I want you to take the opportunity to allow Jesus' invitation to be something better than what scares us. To take steps toward fear, knowing that we're not alone when we take those steps. To allow ourselves to be humble enough to know that we simply cannot be who we were created to be and who we wish to be on our own. That we actually have to make a commitment to one another and a commitment to the God who loves us to actually be the people we want to be. Fear lies to us. Fear tells us that we cannot, and Jesus says we can. As we start this new school year, know that this is an idea that we have to unpack for a while, and so there will be many weeks of unpacking the idea of commitment, of courage, of allowing us to feel the fear but not be controlled by the fear, and very specifically about how a church like ours comes into play. A recent survey of thousands of Americans shows that a lot of people have stopped going to church for actually no particular thoughtful reason. They just simply let the habit slip away, especially after the pandemic. We can be better than that. We need the regular reminder that we were created for a purpose that goes well beyond anything this world calls us into. We need the regular reminder that God is with us, that Jesus calls to us, and that the fear we feel, because we feel it, should not control us. Peter had the courage to step out of the boat because he was looking into Jesus' eyes. None of us are physically seeing Jesus' eyes calling us out of the boat. And yet, as disciples, we are called just the same. Where we gain our courage, our clarity, and our conviction is right here. We see Jesus in one another. We call out to each other 
to get out of the boat, to step away from fear, and to have the courage to be the light in the world that Christ has given to each one of us inside. Today is just one more day, but don't let it be the only day that you come here to receive that reminder. Make a commitment now to come, to be present, to allow God in and to be transformed by that loving presence. And when you do, I guarantee you're going to find that fear no longer controls you. And instead, the courage of Christ leads the way. Amen.